Hello and welcome to the Ghibli Rewatch series of the Overly Animated Podcast, where we'll be going through every Studio Ghibli movie chronologically from the beginning. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Allie Martin. Hello. And Delaney Stovall. Hey, y'all. Join us in rewatching or watching for the first time all the Studio Ghibli movies now that they're available for streaming for the first time ever on HBO Max in the U.S. and Netflix and most of the rest of the world. We'll have new podcasts every Wednesdays. We go through the whole Ghibli catalog chronologically and find everything about us at OverlyAnimated.com. Um, I'm a Ghibli expert. Be joined by co-host with a variety of Ghibli experience. Today is The Secret World of Arietti. Um, full spoilers for this movie and only minor spoilers for the rest of the Ghibli catalog. Uh, we'll be discussing both the sub and the dub. It's some things to talk about with the dub for this one. Um, so, uh, watch whatever you prefer. Any, anything is fine for this. Um, the secret world of Arietti, uh, also known as Arietti the Borrower in Japan. I think secret world is the, North American title and also just known as Arietti, I feel like is the more common name. Um, but we are in 2010. Uh, so approaching even more the recent now. This film is directed by Hiromasa Yonabayashi, uh, in his directorial debut. He was a animator on, in Studio Ghibli since Mononoke. Um, and this will be the first of two movies he directs for Studio Ghibli before he goes on to found his own company when Studio Ghibli kind of dissolves and then reforms uh, towards the end of uh, its run. And he's directed uh, Mary, uh, which is another great movie at that company. Um, So uh, Yonabayashi, an interesting figure in Ghibli as he's uh, one of the only kind of Miyazaki Takata successors that they try to put forth who kind of sticks like he's actually like uh, pretty quickly a great director. Um, and directs, uh, you know, well, we'll discuss whether we think this is a great film, but two, uh, two well-received, uh, films at Studio Ghibli. Um, this is based on the 1952 novel, The Borrowers by Mary Norton. Um, I didn't remember this about this movie, but the screenplay is by Hayao Miyazaki, um, along with Keiko Niwa, who I had not even discovered as a figure at Ghibli until this movie. She, uh, co-writes many of the more recent Ghibli movies, including this one. Some person online uh, uh, suggests that she's the person who wrote Ocean Waves, which I have not uh, found a source for. But, um, you know, a significant uh, writing influence at at Studio Ghibli, at the very least in these later years. Um, Arietti was successful critically and financially around the world. um, And should be noted, there are two dubs of this movie. Very confusing. There's a British dub (laughs) and an American dub. Um, Nice. Both both have good casts, honestly. Um, The US dub, which is the version you'll find on streaming platforms, I believe, um, it uh, has uh, different names for some of the characters. So if you only watch the US dub, show is Sean. Um, Oh my god. (laughs) Aunt Sadako is Jessica. (laughs) Gosh darn it. This one isn't oh. as bad. Haru is Hara, and uh, which is oh, still annoying. It's, that's not even. That's, so, sorry. Why? I guess uh, female names aren't allowed to end in ooh; they have to end in ah. Is that the logic? Um, yeah. So <laughs> that's Sean if you hear, is the worst. If you hear us ever. referring to show and you watch the no, dub, that's Sean. Jessica so. is way worse than Sean. <laughs> she, no, no I, Jessica's no, very Sean funny. Gets me. It's worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What's the original character's name? Sad- Sadako. <laughs> to Jessica. Yeah. 
That's what? that's a thing. Okay, so just wanted to clear that up in case you only watch Ow. the American Dad bands, or maybe it's, I don't think we're gonna talk too much about it on Sadako, but show we're gonna talk a lot about. So that's uh, Sean. Um, okay, so that's everything about uh, Secret Worlds of Ariati. Um, let's tell. Let's go through our history with this movie and what did you think of it, Ali? Very stuck on Jessica because you have a name like Ariati and you don't have to change that. But Sadako, <laughs> it's hard to change that one is like the title. I feel like they can't change it. Yeah, I mean, well, they totally could, and then it would be terrible. Sarah, the borrower. <laughs> <laughs> also, Ariadne Ariad is like British, which I just, I'm just pronouncing it Japanese because of the movie, but yeah. That's fair. Um, I don't remember. I feel like I probably watched this when I was in Japan, so definitely not 2010. Um, rewatched it a couple days ago. I wanted to like it more than I did originally, and I expected to, but I wound up hating it more. <laughs> not hating, but like, it's not my favorite. I'd say it's like bottom five. Of, out of the ones I've seen um, but I will say the animation and the foley are like top notch like never been done before brilliant amazing stunning you know Lady Gaga meme um, I'm glad I hadn't heard the dub like co- not controversy the like dub changes before this like you know I try to stay away from dubs and like this is a perfect example of why first of all the name changes second of all having two I feel like it would have been fine to like just have a uk one because this takes place in england i assume uh like, why yeah, else yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah it's english property yeah the, the movie i do think takes place in japan which wasn't obvious to me watching it but there's like sliding doors you know features of a japanese yeah. house but originally it, you know in the book it does take place in a british house okay that makes sense it's still weird um I, we're gonna get into the characters but they're not my favorite i kind of hate all of them this <laughs> it's a bad just bad takes. I from mean, me. I I accept all that except Ariati. So she's fine. She's hashtag fine. Okay. Well, I mean, but so you're taking your bottom five Ghibli. Like uh, it's not. Like, it's a little hard to tell because you, you could love this movie and it could be bottom five Ghibli. You could hate it. It could be bottom five. Like right. That's like, true. Could, There's like, like it's a little it's hard a really, to differentiate. The list is hard. So I'll say bottom three. <laughs> if that makes it more shrug. Okay. How much uh, I here, like let it. me give you more fodder for hating the uh, English dub. So there, <laughs> they they pulled a Spirited Away dub. There's an additional line at the end of the. Uh, American, I should say, the American dub where uh, show gives additional narration about how he like lived through his surgery and he heard uh, the oh, he heard that there there's borrowers like uh, down the street or something. So oh, just more of a more on. of a ha- more of a happy ending. They had to throw one line in there at the end. Why? Yeah. Let's move on. Uh, I wanted to know. Yeah, I mean, it's nice if that if that's what happened, but it's not what happened. <laughs> it's not what happened. I, I obviously I watched. The- I watched the sub, but Good. I, I was like, did he live? <laughs> yeah. I mean, know. I, you know, I was feeling that too, but I personally like when things are left to interpretation. So you're like left to fester with it for however long your well, mind doesn't matter because he, like, Arietti gave him the will to live. So that was like, oh, yeah. yeah. I was did- like, that's good enough. Why? Oh, yeah, that was God. fine. It didn't seem like Mr. Sean's chances were very good heading into the I'm so the movie, shut so. up. Uh, I was very afraid when I saw this, like, that you, in the notes, that there's an added line at the end. I thought it was going to be like a stupid love confession. I was very afraid. Um, eh, that would have, I feel like that would have been better than no. to, to taking <laughs> away the, uh, this, I was like, this. no. I mean, no. yeah, Jesus and adding, I'm against adding any line to the end, but the, this is, this is, I think, a little worse than the Spiritual Way one, but, um, it's way worse. Delaney, what's, uh, your history and what did you think of this movie? So I've always been aware of Arietti and I wasn't sure if it's, so I was like kind of going into this film, I was like, I've maybe seen it before, because again, I'm very aware of the, the borrowers and then 
I was like, when like when the credits open, I was like, have I read the book? And then, so I'm watching the movie, and I have not seen this movie before. And um, like I'm thinking, like like from my childhood. So I'm not sure if it's because I've read the book. I have a very vivid imagination, so I could be remembering like the scenes in my head from like reading the book. Or there's probably like a British movie or a cartoon. Like I've seen, or like I'm aware. Like I knew what was going. I I knew going in what it was about. Um, but I haven't, I have not seen this movie, but I, I know about the borrowers and I've, I've always been aware because I, I've either seen the cartoon or something, or I read the book. I'm not sure which it is. And so, um, I loved this movie. I was on the edge of my seat. Um, I was live texting Dylan while watching it. <laughs> you had strong reactions to some of the events. <laughs> I, did, the I was like, oh my God. And then. Uh, like when my wife has been cleaning all day and when she came downstairs, <laughs> she, I was like sitting on the edge of the couch and she, and I, I was like, you guys are going to watch together. No, she, she I mean, she, I, I thought we were, but it ended up, I had to watch and she had to clean. So, um, also she, she only gets interested like halfway through the movie and then I have to explain to her everything that's <laughs> happened. So it's fine. Um, she doesn't really like sitting and watching movies. They have to like capture her first, but, uh. So I'm like on the edge of the the couch. I'm like yelling. She keeps being like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm not okay. And I'm like telling her everything that's happened. Uh, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, We'll talk about it more. But um, other than just the story, the music in this movie is incredible. Like, I mean, incredible. And like what Ali was saying about the the Foley, um, like everything in this movie is so loud and it's incredible. Like, I mean, it's amazing like the effects of not just the animation but the sound of everything yeah. in the movie they've done it's an astonishing and i i mean it was incredible like and while i was watching it all i could think was like i can't think of another like a movie period ever that's done anything like this like where i felt so immersed in this you know perspective of being a borrower it's amazing like just the muse, especially, you know, obviously it's really cool watching them climb around in the walls and all the neat little tricks they have for getting around. But for me, it was just all of the sounds you could hear outside were just incredible. Yeah. And the sounds of like uh, the scene that really stuck out to me was and there's several. But when they first go into the kitchen and you can hear all of the sounds of everything they look at, we look at the fridge, we look at the sink and it's just amazing. Like I can't overstate enough how amazing the music is it and like it's not just and it's on the foley but then also like there's all these scenes and just the music is wonderful and suspenseful and tense and then just so loud it's incredible like it's i honestly was just blown away oh that's awesome um I'm glad uh you liked it delaney i had a i so I, yeah i mean i watched this one at first came out and I really liked it. Um and I rewatched it now. I was very excited to get to Arietti and I loved it. I love this movie. Um I think that not that this is saying that much, but from you know, we haven't gotten to all the movies yet, but I some of the ones we coming up I have seen more recently. But um Probably, I think this is the best non Miyazaki, non Takahata, non Whisper of the Heart uh, studio yeah, Ghibli that's movie. Definitely true. Um, so there's, you know, I mean, there's there's some other contenders. I mean, we've talked about uh, a few already. I think this is a step above the two we have already gotten to, plus Ocean Waves. Um, and the, but there's some there's some good ones coming up too. But uh, I feel like this is a uh, just the, one of the most gorgeous movies I've I've. Seen. I mean, I've said this like at least five times on the series. Uh, probably like every podcast, but this movie is. Uh, 
so incredibly gorgeous, both with the animation and the sounds. And the, yeah, I, I love the soundtrack. I was just listening to the whole soundtrack today. I've been listening to a few of the songs over and over. Um, this is the most distinctive music, obviously, in the Studio Ghibli catalog. Uh, but uh, I also think it's just really great. I do think this is a beloved soundtrack by a lot of people. Probably the most notable non uh non hisaishi soundtrack in for studio ghibli mm-hmm. um and uh but you know i mean it's it's incredibly hard to compare this to a hisaishi soundtrack very different musical styles but i think it's up there with uh with some of his works um i i lo- i love how enchanting this movie is i love the yes. dom- domestic moments of this movie the beginning is just so magical and incredible both from the first scene of her outside coming in to her first borrowing i love that scene the first borrowing is so good it's probably 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 the best scene of the movie. I prefer like her yeah. getting ready into the borrowing. Um, there's and like, that's where she finds her needle thing. Yeah, her sword. needle. Yeah, it's a pen. Sword. She's a regular Arya, right? Uh, she yeah, is a regular Arya. Oh her. God, the little needle pin thing. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> I, I I think the yeah the, the best parts are the first half, the quieter parts, and then the very end. I think is like a really nice quiet ending. I love the ending. Um, yeah. I like, but I'm not super in love with everything involving Haru. Um, I don't have, I don't think I had quite the same reaction to Delaney. I mean, it's very suspenseful, so but it's very suspenseful. I just, I feel like that's not like why I'm here for Haru to like discover the borrowers. It's like, it's nice that there's a plot and stuff, but um, I think it was just slightly less engaging than just the quiet, uh, like uh, just magical moments. Um, but there are like magical moments during the plot, especially when Arietti's like on show's shoulder and they're like working together. I think that's really wonderful. Um, also, there's like a scene of show ex- telling Telling Arietti that her species is doomed, and so um, and he's smiling the whole time. He's I, my my the whole movie. I'm like, why are you so weird? Show like he's weird. I don't like him. I he's guess because you're like a dying kid who's inside. I don't all the care time. if he's sick. That doesn't give you the right to be creepy. No, no, no. he just he just okay. I'm not saying it's because he's sick. I mean, this is why it's because he's sick. But he doesn't have any friends, and all he yeah. does is read. He's messed up. It's fine. That's true. He's, he's yeah. He's a no social experience, but um. Yeah, not the biggest show fan. Although there's good but, like, parts with show, I love the scene. None of us of... have social experience with little people, so <laughs> is it different? I, mean, Does I don't get a pass. So. Um, they're literally tiny humans. It's fine. Um, <laughs> tiny yeah. human beings. Human beings. Me. Human beings. I, I found that a very. Uh... <laughs> quirky and fun the human beings i know it's, yes. it is from the books yeah by the way borrowers i've never seen anything else from the borrowers but uh, i'm i feel like this is the most famous thing they've adapted like i'm aware of the borrowers before i'd this. literally never heard of it before this See, now i'm like what did i watch did i just read the book like what it's, was it possible it's just part of the cultural osmosis like i feel like i'm just kind of like generally aware. i know i've seen something i just don't know what it was <laughs> the only thing i could like akin this to were like the tinkerbell movies where they like try oh, to capture them and prove that they're real it's... I guess that's what the plot of this, yeah. I, I, no, know I, knew, I knew going into the movie that they were tiny people who borrow things. I knew all of that. That's, I was, that's I, all you really need to know for this movie. I fully knew what was going on. Yeah, that's the plot of the movie. Uh, yeah, and I know Tales from Mercy, also very famous. So to caveat my previous statement. Um, but uh, the, yeah, the, the, the nature... Oh, yeah, also, the, uh, in addition, the, like, there's a gorgeous... Uh, animation for the domestic shots inside the house and also the nature outside like both That's, of them and i found that very impressive that there's so two the garden is completely gorgeous. different and like of. all the little bugs the way they do them and the, all the bugs so are so cute i'm like not a so bugs cute. person but they make them uh really cute yeah well it's uh, like 
the like especially a lot of the scenes of show like in the yard like those are beautiful scenes yes. yeah yeah oh and by the way about show like it's it's not shows this isn't this terrible character i think the scene of uh arietti and show talking through the window when he hasn't seen her yet i think that's a magical scene um, that's so a way better I, scene i'm gonna be the number one show stan now am i okay <laughs> i don't think there's with... a lot of competition for that. <laughs> i'm the show stan i love him now was the extinct extinction scene great no i was like shut up and then but then he 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 apologized at the end, and I was like, okay, this is slightly better. Yeah. I, just, I just want to talk about what they were going for there. I'm just not sure. So what, yeah, I, me that's going to be a topic of discussion. I think, I mean, I feel like they were literally just trying to impress upon us the dire situation they were in. Like, but like, why it. was he smiling throughout that whole thing? He's just a little that's weirdo. Part. He's, he's he's, yeah, a... he's just a little weirdo. Like, <laughs> look, he has to go spend like a week with his with his like great aunt and like the creepy her weird yeah housekeeper and I then his her. only friend is this mean cat <laughs> like listen i'd be fine with that i would though. prefer if my only friend oh. no offense to you guys was a mean cat <laughs> i'm my, my best friend is my cat figgy and she is a mean cat yeah, i was gonna say <laughs> you would describe like, mean you cat. Mean my cat yeah <laughs> um i feel like show uh ali tell me if you agree with this i feel like show is a very anime type character archetype for ghibli like I mean, he's like a sick uh like kind of like yeah. a dollish boy who uh is weird i feel like that's like a thing you'd see in an anime that's the that's my problem with a lot of like not like shoujo but i guess slice of life anime movie or whatever it's like either there's a dead mom or it's a sick child or a sick mom a lot of sick but, like, characters in anime. yeah yeah um, yeah so i don't know that uh, but He's, i think to me he was just very not sympathetic i didn't i feel bad that he's sick but like i don't care about him enough as a character like sure your dad works all the time and your mom also works all the time who cares (laughs) yeah that was weird it's like oh they both uh, they're divorced though too and yeah there's a lot of but um yeah i don't don't care that much about you i love arietti herself like she's one of my yeah i'm shocked Um, i'm shocked (laughs) shocking i love this type but this i don't know the scene of her getting in uh uh, putting on her red dress like and the hair clip i was like oh my god so and iconic like, oh okay no this, when this outfit is the hair, most iconic i'm like wow like, I'm like, is so it more good. iconic than kiki's dress those that's i mean that you know that don't compare it to kiki but you uh, just said it's the most iconic the most iconic is a uh, hyperbole but the the uh it's a very uh, i was like wow that's iconic you know it we're is. talking relative to the not miyazaki Dante. it's but. iconic because of her hair pin honestly that's the best the part. hair clip the, the, no when she puts her hair up i'm like yes the red dress the weird the hair clip the the pin uh sword like what an outfit um, it's pretty great but i also have no sympathy for her either because she literally ruins everything for her parents she so I mean, she's the family. I, okay, I, don't like that. I don't think they give enough time to like. I would have appreciated if she had had more time to explain to her parents that yeah. like show was not bad. Right. I think we we see it from her perspective. Like she knows show is and is probably not that. And bad. I'm like, can you just but, be like, like, show your parents the note? That's it. Can you just show them? This the yeah, note? is like yeah. my biggest complaint because the dad, even before all this happened, was like, you can tell if humans are bad or not. Like you can tell from yeah. instinct. Yeah, and he doesn't really give her the chance to that. explain. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's like, a good point. What's one. your problem, man? Yeah, I think you. I think you generally probably understand where Arietti's coming from, wanting to you know, younger, wanting to give uh, like people like a chance and expand her horizons. And the dad is like more jaded and like knows this is what works for surviving. And so I, I mean, I, I think mean, the worst character is the mom. No, the worst character is Haru. She's so <laughs> okay, okay, we're not talking about she doesn't count. Um, we'll talk about her. I think Haru's <laughs> a, a very people. funny villain for this movie. Like, uh, she's yeah. just so annoying. I want to slap her. 
that's fair, I guess. That's, uh, I mean, I guess that speaks to, to how well she's yeah, done. To, to, finish, to cl- close out the thought, yeah, love Aria, to close out thoughts. I think this movie, the real, like, here's the summary, I feel like, of why this is uh, a great movie. I think this is the non-Miyazaki, non-Daka, non-Whistler movie that gets closest to the Miyazaki magic, to the Ghibli mm-hmm. magic. Like, I feel like this movie taps into and this is probably by why this director i feel like is the one who ends up standing out and succeeding like i feel like he is able to tap into this studio ghibli magic that is so hard for anyone uh that's not miyazaki or takata to replicate um i feel like he, this is this movie to, feel me, to me feels like a combination of the miyazaki and takata each of their styles and their respective magics it has the dom- domesticity and the realness of a takahata movie uh, and it kind of also has the magic of a Miyazaki movie because it still has the fantasy elements of kind of the small perspective. It feels very like fantastic and just the existence of these small people, but it's a very real grounded movie like a Takata film. So I, I, I like how it um, captures elements of both types of films that we've been seeing throughout the series. Um, and yeah, I mean, what, what's the, what topic I think are we, uh, honing in on here? But, uh, I, I, I want to talk about the perspective. Yeah. I feel like Delaney mentioned this. This is definitely like one of the, uh, big standouts of, of, uh, this movie is you see the, uh, a normal house, but from the perspective of tiny people and you see like everything being huge, like it, it's most notable in the, uh, Arietti's first borrowing scene. Um, but, uh, it's, it's just, um, um, very like fantastical and uh really i think uh the one of the elements of the movie that stands out the most is uh the perspective i think that they're able to accomplish here i mean that's the magic of this movie and what you're talking about with um like the magic of miyazaki like it's i mean that like it really like this to me this still feels very much like that ghibli magic because of, I mean, with the perspective and the music, it really, like, you're like, I am a borrower. And especially, like, something that really, it's, what I really enjoyed, too, was, which, it's really funny because, like, at the end of the movie, show, like, winces, but, you know, so the room, it's quiet, we still have all the really loud noises, but, like, the little, like, clink of their, um, their grappling hooks, and like everything like that because you know there's all these ridiculously loud sounds and there's the sounds that are loud to them because they're so small and it's just astonishing like i really like i was just blown away the the whole movie and every time we're in their house and then and of course when it's revealed that they're in the closet and they have like their little hatch and that's another like thing that's just insane because we've seen several times in the film at that point watching them you know, like Arietti is, you know, at, at that the basement gate. Well, I guess it's more like a crawl space. Like she's in the, the crawl space, and that's where a show leaves her, her his presence in the notes. And we see her, you know, uh, over, like jumping over the the brick, and then also they follow the brick when they go for the first borrowing. And then to and then like especially, I think the thing that really got me was the bottle. Was mm. like you see it in their kitchen the whole movie, and then when he like breaks their house that's another thing that was like yeah I'm... not a point in show's favor he's like did you like the kitchen and it's like you just broke my house yeah but how did you uh, even find their house i hate well, it well now it's interesting too that like there's so purposefully like a door there that clearly like the people who've lived in this house have known about the borrowers the whole time yeah and also i think that's the other thing that's so much like fun about this movie and also also heartbreaking is that um show's 
I guess his grandfather, great grandfather, he he loved the borrowers and he made the dollhouse for them yeah, as a sure. present. Yeah, and, and yet they're still so uh, like, and they're so people. so scared of it. And it's very, it's very, and then of course the dollhouse becomes this like very important part of show interacting and then Haru figuring it out. And it's just, I love it. And what, well, but back to the bottle is that you keep seeing it in the house and then he destroys the house and you realize like you start to realize like it's messed up. And, but then I love it when after he cleans it all up and they go and Haru's like, look, look, look. And it's just the broken bottle. Like I just love it. Like all of that. They do a really good job of like flipping the perspectives, especially towards the end of the movie where we're flipping back and forth constantly. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. Yeah, it's a good point that you finally see where their house is located and it's just this little tiny uh, like hole um, in the closet. And it feels so big. Like they live in like, you know, yeah. they seem to live in like, a, like they do a good job of being like, here's the kitchen. Here's Ariadne's be- bedroom. Here's the dad's little workshop. Mm. Yeah, and it's like all that's in this tiny little box yeah. at the end. Yeah, yeah. Pers- this movie is probably one of the most notable uses of perspective in yeah, recent definitely. memory. Um, yeah, it's it's and and it's and it's all just so like magically presented every like household items, and um, when you see it through uh, Arietti's perspective, and then you know you, you we see the house kind of normally, and it's still kind of this enchanting uh, like it, it is kind of like a half Japanese, half British house. Um, and, uh, yeah, also, yeah, the dollhouse too is very magical. Um, let's uh, bring in some quotes, um, about the perspective from Hayao Miyazaki's world picture by Danny Cavallaro. Um, she says, most salient aspect of Secret World of Arietes is the ability, it is its ability to both capture and represent the world from the perspective of diminutive creatures known as borrowers. Yonabayashi and his collaborators deserve credit for accomplishing this challenging cinematic feat. Um, yeah, so I, I think uh, on board with what we're saying with how it's, um, one of the, the most notable aspects of the movie. And, uh, I think an interesting, uh, take that Cavallero has in this, this section is the influence of Miyazaki, who does contribute to the screenplay of this movie. Um, so here's kind of some background on Miyazaki and perspective. She says, indeed, Miyazaki has a tendency to wonder what the world might look like from the point of view of non-human beings, significantly smaller than humans from an early, from an early age. This in- instinctive propensity is borne out by the following reflection from Miyazaki. When I look down at a clear stream or pond, I marvel at leeches wriggling about or transparent little shrimp drifting like spaceships. And I've always wondered what the world looks like to these tiny creatures. Air bubbles must seem far more elastic to them than they do to us. And in their environment, things must feel almost as weightless as they do in outer space. Uh, Miyazaki harbors a natural proclivity to wonder about the world's appearance from a perspective of diminutive entities, a, co- a corollary of both his reverence for nature and all its forms, and of his exhaust- inexhaustible curiosity. This is bound to have filtered into the script of Yonabayashi's directorial debut. Um, an interesting background of a quote from Miyazaki, and I agree that this makes sense with uh, his reverence to nature and yeah, his, his curiosity, which um, which makes its way into his magic. Um, I never really considered with Ariete the kind of Miyazaki background influence on this movie, and uh, as as background, I guess um, he he had wanted to adapt this movie at Ghibli for many years, and they finally got around to it. Um, this well, this like book, and they got around to it now. Yeah. Well, it's like there's very much, I mean, what they were saying about, well, I mean, we talk about the environmentalism and and the interactions between human and magic and humans and nature. And this is still very much plays into that. This, you know, the humans, they're a great impact on the, the borrowers. Like the borrowers, 
you know, it's also kind of like the conflict with the borrowers and Haru. Like, Haru's like, they're thieves. And it's like, the borrowers, like, take literally so little. Like, they're so small. One, like, one sugar cube is a big, uh, a big that's a lot. steal for them, yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, everything they own is so, like, it's so small. They make do with, like, um, another scene that really stands out is when Arietti's mashing up the cookies to make mm. flour or, I guess, I mean, breadcrumbs, whatever they're going to use it for. And and also everything they own, like, you know, they just carry them around in these little sacks. Like, it's astonishing. And then, you know, but also and it, kind of what we were talking about, like, you know, reasons not to like show is these very small things show does has a really big impact on the borrower's lives. And so it's very much this, you know, we take what we can, we, you know, try to survive, but they're very small people trying to you know make their way through this very dangerous world and they don't and they don't really impact where they live yeah yeah and uh, i guess that's the concept of the borrowers is they're they're taking very little um, but then also the, the humans were who are you know they're fascinated with them but then there's also haru who just wants you know to capture them to hurt them whatever yeah yeah we can go it's again the it. humans interacting with magic and not understanding or also you know, being weird and terrible as humans are. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think uh, it's not uh, surprising to see uh, the perspective of Haru. Um, I feel like it's even, it's more surprising to see that the rest of the family has respected them for a long time. Right. I feel like that's pretty striking. Like, why did you hire this woman if she doesn't respect you know, that's your what moral I, values? Well, that's what I really liked was when the the aunt was talking about, uh, Sadako yeah. was talking about, you know, the dollhouse and everything. And then especially with the intro to the film and show talks about, he's like, my mom used to say that she, you know, she's seen the little people who live in the house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I want a related quote from Danny Cavallaro on, uh, the visual approach of the screenplay, since we're talking about Miyazaki's influence, just want to note this. Um, she says, Secret of Arietti bears witness to Miyazaki's influence in its handling of details and related approach to cinematography. Yonabayashi has em- emphasized the screenplay's very visual quality, which he views as a chore- corollary of Miyazaki's distinctive sensibility, played a pivotal role in the construction of the fils- film's mise-en-sense, which is like the sta- stage design, which, by the way, I saw this term, mise-en-sense, twice in, in uh, discussion about this movie which i guess makes sense because it's all about like um furniture arranged in in like the houses right. and like that's such a huge uh. part of the movie um but i thought i found that was interesting never really seen the term much <laughs> before and it's like a big part of this movie uh the script's intrinsic visuality made it possible for the director and his colleagues to imagine the atmosphere suitable for specific scenes on the basis of just a handful of details and impart the action with an overall sense of coherence and consistency at the same time the script enabled the production team to focus on the borrower's perception of their environment but also portray the interiors and, and exteriors in a manner which which a full-size human viewer could deem realistic. Several key moments in Secret of Arietti owe their dramatic effectiveness to the sheer fact that the screenplay was itself jam-packed with evocative visual cues. So some background on Miyazaki's screenplay, the visualness of it, which I think is interesting because, yeah, this is a type of movie that doesn't have a lot of narrative happening. No. Um, so or it's dialogue. Like, or yeah, dialogue. Yeah, I, I not. I feel like there's not a lot, uh, and it, it takes a little while to hear the first uh, dialogue in the in the movie, maybe, um, or at least there's very little in the beginning. Um, so it's like you know, what is what does a screenplay like this consist of? 
Um, so I think that's that's pretty interesting. So Miyazaki emphasizing the visual. I feel like you know that's how he approaches his movies. Is he doesn't even start with the screenplay for his own. He has a, a, a vision board and uh, fills it with images, and uh, so it makes sense. He's a very visual approach to the storytelling here. Um, I guess I guess speaking of the. Uh, not as much of a narrative wanted to read this uh quote on the overall assessment of the movie by colin odell and michelle leblanc as i've been quoting their books studio ghibli the films of hayao miyazaki and isa takara they say the direction is solid and arietti is an easy film to watch it has linear narrative that is well constructive with high quality animation and exemplary character design while arietti doesn't have the more extreme fantastical aspects of miyazaki's works or the wonderful experimental edge of takara's films it retains a charming if undemand undemanding uh, fantasy. Um, so uh, I was a little surprised they weren't a higher on this movie, but this you know, it's a positive assessment. But I guess Ali, as you were someone that wasn't higher as well, what do you think of their assessment of this? Maybe as an undemanding movie? Do you think it's like linear, simple narrative hurts it? Uh, well, for me, I, I wouldn't say it hurts it, but for me personally, it's not something I'm super into just because I've watched a lot of linear narrative anime t- television and I'm like kind of over it at this stage in my life. But I think it's, it's a really fair assessment. And because it, because it's like, so like such, I guess a simplistic narrative, it lets you focus on all the other stuff. Like you guys are saying perspective, obviously is like the best aspect of the movie, I think, um, and, uh, you know, the animation and everything, but it's hard to ignore in any movie. Um, I'm demanding. I don't know. It demands you to like kind of throw a lot of like just expectations of people out the window. Cause like when you're talking about the borrowers or when rather Sean's Sean, oh my God, Sean's like, family. You just referred to him as Sean. Oh, Revoke my weeb card. <laughs> when he refers to the borrowers and like his family knowing about them, I'm like, you guys are treating this like it's too normal. But it is fantasy, even though it's like, what, what did they describe it as? Like a. It's at the top of the outline. <laughs> I, I described it as a domestic fantasy. That's my Yes, my which assessment. is very fair. That's like the perfect description. And for me, I'm not a huge fan of it unless like the plot really goes somewhere. And for this, it didn't feel like it went anywhere or it felt like it went to a sad place, which wasn't bad, but it wasn't my favorite personally. But listening to you guys talk about it, like as this happens with every podcast I'm on with Ghibli movies, I'm enjoying it more that I get like after hearing your guys' takes. That's good. Uh, it's interesting because I uh, I feel like the uh, I would have liked less uh, like narrative at the end. Like I feel like the parts yeah, that the work the most is, for me I are... would have preferred less, but also like really that's where we went. Like after all that, you guys got to leave and everything yeah. sucks. Yeah. And no, I, I, like, I like them leaving <laughs> and the show died. I mean, I think that's I fun. like it too, but it just feels like it was all this build up for nothing. Which again, for me, it depends. I really like that a lot of the time, but here I was like. This is boring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I think you could maybe describe this as a, a more of a children's movie if you want to. Um, I guess so. And, it was interesting uh, that that quote was like, full-sized humans can appreciate it. I was like, I think kids can appreciate it too, and they're not full-sized. I think, I think yeah, I think they're referring to not borrower-sized <laughs> compared to borrower's children would be full-sized. Um, but yeah, just the, the like, uh, maybe something looks completely different if you're tiny, but um, it needs yeah. to also make sense. I mean, there's also negative the nuances movie. that come with that that I'm not going to get into. Yeah, a lot of uh, descriptions of little people, which, uh, you know, um, yeah, uh, but it, referring to like, you know, in this in this case, uh, like an, yeah. inch, an inch tall person. Um, right. 
two inch tall. I don't know. Um, but there's uh, definitely like been shows like this that I've seen where there's little people and there's like like mini like one inch the, the, size the elves in uh, Hilda, you know, something like. That. Oh, hello, Jesus! That's one. Yeah. I'm thinking of like from my childhood though. There was definitely shows like this that I didn't enjoy watching because I was like, "This is boring." They're like, I mean, it, uh, not boring. I don't know. And I will say, I will say the the fantasy aspect of this movie is it's is pretty. You're talking about how the family is a very accepting. I think it's a pretty simple fantasy. It's like okay, there's little people, yeah. but there's nothing. No, you know, they're just the same thing as yeah. As they don't fly. Humans. They don't change yeah. color. Well, there's just this. I think it. Well, and again, I'm I, there. I I don't know if I watch something. If it's the book, <laughs> I like. It's very. I part of the movie was shocking to me because of the family knew about the borrowers, and then also the. Um, the plot of you know where Haru's trying to kill them because I was like, what are we doing? Because I just thought it was going to be hiding from show and you just you know because again I'm watching the movie and I can follow a linear narrative and I was trying to figure out what's going on and and you know we get like a, you know more into the movie and I'm like Haru's going to try and kill them which is not what I thought was going to happen when yeah. this movie started. I thought she was going to like try and sell them for money and then when she talked about well, killing them, I was like, her, to her credit, she says she wants the trapping service. Yeah, she wants not to trap the, them. Yeah, but like that was the yeah. thing was like that's not where I anticipated this movie being at all. Like I thought it was going to be more like Pomio esque in which you know we're just trying to befriend the human and then I was like this went off the rails really fast. Yeah, and I think but it's I fun. will say this is more um, about the history of the house, which is the fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like it's it's more that the borrowers have lived there for a long time. Like, even uh, Pod talks about the families that have lived in their house, which has been in the uh, show's family's house for so long. So it's more about this really, which I think is why it's so upsetting when they leave at the end. It's not very satisfying mm-hmm. because you know, this house has a lot of history for the humans and the borrowers and they're intertwined because they've lived in this house and the humans have noticed the borrowers and it's nope. <laughs> they're just like, we have to leave. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's sad, sad at the end. So um, considering we do learn the whole history and the dollhouse, I mean the dollhouse, it's like, Oh, you th- I feel like you watch this movie and you think they're going to end up living in the dollhouse and yeah. it's going to be wonderful. Um, yeah. And they don't. And it's, it's really pretty tragic. No, that's like I was to say. This movie is really tragic for how adorable mm. it is, and the very kind of innocuous things that occur. But then it's it's very sad, and it, and that's just, and this is not even without talking about the fact that um, the whole movie you're afraid Cho's going to die because he has a bad heart. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Every time definitely, that boy yeah. ran, I was like, "What are you doing? Stop that!" <laughs> Seriously, I literally yeah, was like screaming at Dylan. I was like, "Your heart." He's he's uh he just needs to save Ariadne's mom. I mean, adorable, but I was like, this child is not about to pass out dead. I think walking like, fast is also hard. I speed like walking. Speed it is hard. Yeah. I think it's hard for him, yeah. Um, he can't get his heart rate up. What are you doing, child? Stop it. Yeah, let, let, let's let's pivot to the the music. I think that's something we haven't, uh, one of the most notable subjects we haven't talked in detail about yet, and we can go back to show and then Haru. Um, so the, the score of this movie is by a French artist, uh, Cécile Corbel. Um, she's the first non-Japanese composer for, and, and the only for any Ghibli movie. Um, she, this, this soundtrack has very varied styles, including Celtic, uh, styled songs, um, and, and many others around the world. Um, there's, there's a lot of lyric songs in English in the movie, which is striking for a Ghibli film. If you're only watching the subs of, of all these movies, there's just songs in English and it's not a dub thing. It's like, this is the... 
this is the the the, the soundtrack for the movie. Um, so like, like the, apparently the story behind this is she like just sent a CD she made to, to Ghibli and, uh, they happened to listen to it and it's like, oh, it's perfect for this movie we're making. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, but yeah, just, uh, the, some notable songs from the movie, The Neglected Garden is my favorite. It's the one that plays right in the beginning and then replays later in the movie, uh, one of the lyric songs in English. And then the, the big, the big one from the movie is the one at the end over the credits, Arietti's song. Which um, contains lyrics in five languages in the in the song, um, so and uh, it's, it's incredible that that song. Yeah, yeah, no, I was like, like I was just kept watching the credits. I was like, yes, like I was obsessed <laughs> with the song. That's like uh, one of the best parts of the movie. Also, seeing them go downstream in the kettle. Yes, it's gorgeous. Yeah, I love, I love that ending too. Yeah, um, our, I love our house below. I think that plays towards yeah. the, towards the beginning um, as as well. Uh, really just, and there's instrumental versions of all these songs too. There's even more songs with lyrics on them. Um, just, uh, I think this is, I don't know what this movie looks like without this type of music behind it. Yeah. You know? well, they really, they also just play, they also play with perspective with not just the Foley, but with the music, like, because, you know, in a lot of scenes where we, we pan out, the music gets really loud and a lot. And it's also interesting with this movie. I mean, of course I have no idea how they actually like did it, but you know, mate, I mean, it almost feels like the music is playing over the dialogue a lot of the time, which is, you know, not normal. <laughs> like, that's not how... Like songs with lyrics playing over... Yeah, over yeah. him talking. And it's incredible. And it's, beca- and it's and again, playing that with that perspective that, like, they're not very loud. They're very quiet. Everything is so small. And the music in a lot of... <laughs> okay, as soon as I started the movie... I turned it up, you know, like how, how much, and I, my wife immediately is like, it's too, like, she's upstairs and she's like, it's too loud. Turn it down. <laughs> like, I was going to say, it's a movie that if you can't watch in like IMAX, you should wear, you should have headphones because like yes. th- the sound bounces everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the, the, the most distinctive style of music for a, a Ghibli movie. And uh, so I think so vital to the, well, I think for the any feel movie. of this movie. I mean, honestly, yeah. I don't know if I could think of a movie that has a more distinctive like soundtrack i feel like than this movie avatar tried blue people avatar tried and they they just failed and again it's that well it's again that perspective like this it just really adds to like i mean obviously the animation is beautiful the perspectives they do but then i mean honestly for me the music really makes it like everything is so loud and all like and everything is so big musically it's incredible and yeah it is very big musically i agree and a lot of the scenes in the movie like i mean there is dialogue they obviously talk throughout the movie but there are a lot of scenes where it's just Arietti running around and she's not talking and it's just this these incredible music moments as she's running around the garden or she's climb like when she climbs up to show's bedroom like incredible there's no sound like there's no dialogue it's just music i need to talk about spiller because his theme is my favorite Oh, and yeah. he also doesn't get enough credit. I love that boy. He's the best Sp- character. Spiller, Spiller's theme is uh, distinctive from the rest of the songs as well in its style. Yeah. I noticed that when I was listening. Also, this is another on point. Of course, Allie loves Spiller. Listen, he's an archer. I stand. No choice. Also, he's like lives off the land and he's like, screw humans. I can borrow my own, like, what kind of leg? Cat, not cat. What does he catch? Does he it's ha- like I mean, a... Okay, obviously he gets crickets, but I'm like... That's what it is. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's you mean the animal that he rides on. Is there something he rides on? I don't remember. Oh no, no, no. I'm just like, how do you like? I'm just with his tiny bow and arrow. That's all. I'm just yeah, thinking true. Of him. Like he could shoot down like a robin with that, maybe if you have good enough aim. 
No, don't say that. Oh, we're not talking about the most important <laughs> character in the movie. It's the crow that bashes oh, yeah. through the yeah. window. That's like, the if that action. didn't give Show a heart attack, I don't know what yeah, would, that's honestly. Just, <laughs> it's true. He's just calmly grabbing Ariete while the crow, shoving the crow out, you know. Also, um, the, like, audio, the when he grabs her, like, the fact that the audio gets really muffled. It's just yeah. so, the direction yes, is really that's good. what I'm talking about. It's so good. It's really good. Yeah. I, I just, I, the, the animation and the, the, everything about the sound of this movie, especially the music, but everything is, well, um, like- all, I think, unparalleled with Ghibli movies. Well, it's like all yeah. Ghibli movies obviously have great music and beautiful animation. But for me, like in the, with this movie, it's really the combination that really just like creates the magic. Yeah, I think like, so. Could, I think so. Like, it, it, watch, yeah, more than any other movie, I feel like it's, you know, uh, like you could watch um, My Neighbor Totoro with no sound and it would still be this magical experience. You could like you can still watch like Spirited Away and it's still this magical experience. But then to watch this movie without sound would really like, I mean, it would, it would ruin it. It wouldn't like, it, it's very much this combination of the beautiful perspective and the animation with the perspective they play in with the music. Yeah, I, I think so. And it, it's, it's especially notable because um, many of these Miyazaki movies have large uh, sections of the movie with no music in them. That's yes. on purpose. Um, and, uh, you know, here we have a movie. So the, the music's so vital too. I think there are some, probably some scenes yes. with, with no music here. Um, but, uh, it definitely enhances the kind of European English kind of feeling of the movie, but also just the, uh, I don't know, the delicacy of the movie, like the, mm. the, the enchantingness it's very, of it. Yeah. It's, it's a very gentle movie, despite yeah. the violence that occurs, but, um, <laughs> it's still very gentle. Like there's, it's, I mean, like you said, it's very, I mean, it's a domestic fantasy. Like it's really interesting how insular the story is. What I what's so interesting to me with this music choice is like so many half of Miyazaki's movies are European fantasy movies, um, and I feel like this is one of the most. Uh, even though it takes place in Japan in like a Japanese house, this is one of the most evocative of like uh, Europeanness. I feel like even more so. Well, than I all think of his movies. a big part of that is the Dollhouse, which is like. I mean, and they're like, "Oh, he made it in England." Like, yeah, it's like this Baroque. <laughs> Yeah, style. It feels very much like the the Baron statue to me from Casper, yeah. um, and, yeah. and characters. But uh, yeah, and then the and the score is of course like a big component to to achieving that feeling. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's it, I think there's there's movies like the, the the Spirited Away score is you know I mean in my opinion the best ever and so uh, fitting of that movie and the the tone of it and uh, you see something like this which just I feel like is just as fitting for what this specific movie is going for and yet so so different. Um, uh, it's it's uh, I, lo- I love how much we we've talked about it as we usually don't talk about. Um, the score is quite as much, but uh, th- this is like such a listenable one too. Highly recommend. Um, well, I think it's hard the soundtrack with a lot of the um, Ghibli films. Like I love all the music and everything I've seen, but it's hard to like because everything you're seeing is so beautiful that sometimes it's hard to pay attention as much to the music until you know it makes itself known. But it, because the music is so loud and on purpose, you can't ignore it. Which I think that's another reason why I'm so like like really it's really impressed me and really it's impressed upon me because of you know it's a very different experience of watching versus the other Miyazaki films I've watched well not that again this isn't he wrote the screenplay but because the music is just it's such a pivotal part of the storytelling and the immersiveness of the story 
But, you know, I like obviously my neighbor Totoro, best theme song. Also, it's amazing and the music's great. But that's not what I think about when I think about my neighbor Totoro. When I think about Arietti now, I'm going to be like, it's the music. Yeah, I think that's true for many people. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, maybe quieter scores um, in, in other movies or at least not as quite as ostentatious or as integrated as um, as a, into the style of movie as this one is. Um yeah, so it's it's we're speaking of Spiller's theme. So I don't know. Are there any other any other Spiller comments? I think his like uh, understated crush on Arietti oh, is yes. like very charming. Yes, um, it's so good, and he's like not nice guy about it. It's well, and he's then he's like guy. really sweet when he like gives her the whatever. I guess it's a raspberry. I don't know. Yes, he's and a he good like, boy, and then he like dances away. It's so cute. I don't like how he gets judged for eating bugs. That's racist. That's fair, valid. <laughs> I really don't like it. It's fair. Um, yeah. Well, there's also there's a lot of like, I mean, it's because it's based on a British book, but um, it's you know there's very much this like classism with Spiller mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I and hate it. It's just it's like well represented. Like, I just it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's one of it's there. Like you can't ignore it, and it's just. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think everyone tries to be very welcoming of him. Yes. Uh, but their, their differences are very uh, noted, There's... I think, by the movie. Yeah, no, I mean, homilies, like, give him teen right now. Yeah, but the dad and Ariete are so respectful, and the mom is just freaking out in the corner. To be I'm fair, like, the mom is terrible. She's the worst character she in the movie. She is terrible. I think you're right. What are Okay, what the, what's the... <laughs> well, why do you guys hate Homily? She's because sweet. She's okay, word, it's not, it's not Homily's fault. They made her... Yeah, relatable, Allie. That's why I don't yeah. like her. I hate characters <laughs> I can relate she's to. The, I hated Moody. I love him now. <laughs> she's the worry-wart useless mom, and it's just upsetting. And she just complains all the time. Like, shut I, up. I think she's trying to be very kind all the time. I, I like how, like, uh, quirky kind of she is. Um, oh, she, I, I mean, I like her. She's quirky, but I, she's just... I don't like her screaming all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's 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 a, that's, a, that's a negative in her box. Definitely. <laughs> I think uh, Arietti rescuing her with show and then their, their, their reunion, Arietti and, and oh, Amelie. So I think when that's they're hugging, scene, I was yeah. like, cry. Yeah. yeah. At a single tear. And, and Pod is is uh, pretty good. Not, Pod's yeah. great. Pod like might be best dad. He he's competing oh, no. with Totoro. He annoys me. Totoro oh, dad. Pod's great. On. Shut Totoro up. dad. Uh, well, he, he's <laughs> the gruff dad who doesn't. Uh, is that how that works? Is, yeah. <laughs> is, I think those contradict. Uh, he's, he's gruff, dad, silent, dad, Japanese type dad. Like um, I like those dads. I don't like that he's like you can like you know. Trust your instinct with people, and then he just is like, "Screw you! Your instinct just make, well, is making us." Oof. I mean, everything goes really like there. It's definitely a bit jarring and like really fast when he's like, like he's he's like, "We're not going to tell your mom because your mom's going to flip out, and neither of us want that." But then he's like, "We have to move," and it's like, "Yeah, oh, like you really went yeah, from negative." That, that, that does happen pretty fast. I agree. I don't think there's enough of a like explanation as to why the like the sugar cube freaks them out. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like uh, it's placed for them. They know they're there. It's like a trap, and uh, yeah. you know they don't want to interact with the trap. Don't want to leave any proof. Um, it's 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 it is it is kind of tragic because yeah, it's like this uh, overture by by show. Um, more yeah, more into show and show in the scene with um, with Arietti talking about how she thinks they're going to go extinct. Um, yeah, what wh- what's going on here? Um, <laughs> Too many. Totally can't let it go. 
Is show is show being like uh, just is he just socially inept? Is this um is this for the purpose of explaining to us about the theme of how uh, endangered the borrowers are? Um, I mean, I think it's a mixture of like explaining to us because like we that's all of our exposition is like this, but then also I. I don't know if it's kind of like him being kind of mad that they won't like accept help. Yeah, that's possible. That's, um, but then also he, he's just a sick little boy who has no friends. So unsure. See, I didn't really see it as like explanation to us because we've gotten the perspective from the family that they're like, there's not a lot of us left. We might be already got that with Spiller. And then when Spiller comes, they're like, Oh, maybe we're not like maybe hopeful. So this scene, I did not like this scene at all. It's, it's weird. It's still. Yeah, I don't still like a... that he's smiling. That's the worst thing for me. <laughs> that's the he's part. always it's... creepily smiling. Yeah, that's Why? the show way. <laughs> Why Yamade? Um. Yeah, I agree. The uh, and I, I guess uh, this this ties into Haru and her perspective on. Did we see the different humans' perspectives on that already? Let's read uh, this hot take by Danny Cavallero. <laughs> um on the potential theme here and and uh for background i did read a previous hot take she had i think in the cat returns podcast which we did not agree with and i've looked up online and there is some some criticism for this type of uh of uh comparison she makes sometimes but um i, I present it uh as a uh gateway into a discussion on what the movie i'm is afraid to say. i haven't so i haven't read you this should yet. Be. Uh, be very afraid <laughs> she says uh furthermore yonobayashi has imparted the drama with a distinctive signature by turning the mary norton story on which it is based into a gritty allegory of racial per- persecution thus mm-hmm. while going to great lengths to depict both the natural world and domestic interiors with lyrical elegance the secret of autoviety does not demur from the underlying the gratuitous and wanton nature of the animosity leveled against a demonized species by a callous human, bigoted and unintelligent as persecutors are wont to be. The detestable Hara, aka Haru, is simply unable to perceive the borrowers as anything other than an alien race whose very existence is something of an offense against the natural order of things. Um, so this notion of uh, as allegory for racial persecution, which... Um, We've we've had some discussions and we don't necessarily like uh, instantly comparing everything to racism, but we could we could say prejudice. Um, I do yeah, think this movie is probably probably commenting on prejudice at least a little oh, bit with definitely. Haru. Yeah, yeah. prejudice so. is a way better term than racism, and I I hate this take because she used that word. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I think she's going for hot takes with these comparisons. That's yeah, she. Favorite. I mean, it's very uh, muddying the waters to be like racism. Like, no, that's not. But no. okay. And, and still it's a pretty pretty harsh of assessment of uh, of how, are there in in this movie. Um, we as always we typically do not have in uh, in, in Studio Ghibli movies, or you know, other than Japanese and uh, white. It's people. about racism. Everyone's white. No, <laughs> no. I guess everyone would be Japanese in this. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, I was because, like, I was about to correct yeah. myself. Everyone's Japanese. Uh, no, you still can't make that <laughs> yeah, comparison. Still no. like, very, very uh, bold takes on on Haru being like uh, so detestable and un- unintelligent and single callous. And uh, is like, that a hot I take? I think she gives Haru a lot more credit. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. She's not I think that. She's, I think she's a wacky old lady. I think that's yeah, how she comes across that. to us. I mean, it's it very much feels <laughs> more like no. At first, when she's like, "I need an exterminator," I'm like, "She wants to kill them," but then when she calls granted to be fair the the time period between her talking to the delivery dude and when she calls is a long enough period of time that you're like she's gonna kill them and then only during the phone call do we granted during this phone call she locks show in his room and she's like i just want to trap them again there's a long period of time for you to build up enough hatred for haru to, to to the point where it doesn't matter but like and i'm speaking for myself but 
you know, it's she very it very much turns more into the real look. I've seen it's more of like, and you don't get enough of this because it's just so sinister up until like literally the last twenty minutes of the movie, where it turns out she's seen them, she's noticed, and now she's finally has proof, and then it's taken away. And again, you don't like, and I think that's part of like why it kind of falls apart a bit at the end is because her like it's her is just a mess the whole movie. Yeah, I I think you maybe start to understand at the end, and I like this by the movie when she starts going like, "Oh, uh, freaking out!" Like, "Oh, the cover he covered all the tracks," and yeah. um, like and she's like I, glaring at him, and the like, like she's she's been worried. working in this house, and she feels kind of like gaslit by by yeah. everyone, like she, that she's like noticed this, and no one believes her, and so I feel like you kind of understand eventually where she's coming from, and it's it's a little sympathetic, like um, that that show tra- tries to protect them by covering up all the tracks. And- Sympathetic is a strong word, though. Like, um, what is her damage? Why does she? <laughs> what is her damage? I, I want to tell you my, what my who, who uh, Haru related me or uh, who who she reminded me of was in Kiki's delivery service. The they're the two old ladies who bake the pie that Kiki oh, needs no. to deliver. There's, no, those ladies are the house, and the housekeeper who like pretends to ride on the broom, who's uh, the, oh. who's with the elegant older lady. Like Haru reminded me a lot of her, like very like no. energetic. She's a similar character model. Obviously, that the lady in Kiki is like super sympathetic and fun and haru here is like the villain i think it's so interesting take that lady in kiki yeah. and make her the villain of this movie one interesting character to make the villain character archetype i agree not. with you no why the other ladies <laughs> okay so well at first awesome. okay at first when you watch kiki i'm like oh she's a bad lady but then you're like oh she's fun <laughs> i think i never bit. considered her a bad lady when i watched kiki i just saw her she to me she's the wacky old lady this lady is just crazy and needs to be locked up <laughs> wow put her in a straight jacket you don't like oh, no. oh, no. Did oh, her, I, i'm not okay if... with like putting her like putting homily in a jar or anything but like yeah. i mean i don't necessarily think she punches <laughs> holes in the elastic yeah. uh, cut, you know so when she, she I, I, that was a long it. pause i was afraid i was like is she not gonna she's gonna die but then she poked holes and yeah. i was like Ooh. It's, it's, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, ultimately the Haru scenes aren't my favorites, but I do think it's like a very interesting choice for villain for this movie. Uh, the yeah. uh, kind of quirky old lady. But, um, but to go back to the, like, you know, the, the quote that is, ooh, but <laughs> my thing is like, it's interesting to go that route when we're very clearly, like they even say it in the movie, it's more about like an endangered species, exactly which I think is a more compelling like argument that's going like uh, they're little people like obviously they're not like you know oh these species of birds are going extinct extinct but like that's much more like it's more about because of human interference and because like the danger they live in like it's not like racism like it's this my thing is also like if you're gonna do if you're gonna say that then your universe has to have like something established where real people and racism do not like coexist. Like racism is not a thing yeah. in right. this universe. I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we, yeah, we disagree with the phrase, phrasing, but the, the, you know, the general point of the movie kind of like having some sort of commentary on uh, prejudice and you know, talking about endangered species. I think it's interesting. I don't think my take would be like, I don't think the movie really gets into it much. So it's yeah, not a no. lot to comment on. It's just like it, posits these themes we know that the borrowers there's not a lot of them left that's just like the framing of their situation it's very much more of that like it just kind of ties more into the general miyazaki themes of like 
respecting nature and like 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 the natural order of things which is to like don't mess with stuff and then also that um just kindness which is why that's why i like show show is show is a little sweet boy and i love him he's no so okay but like i mean you know he's sweet boy it's okay (laughs) no Um, one is so scary like oh so scary this the best boy like it's just you know and again that's what's more important is like this because that's that's really what we're you know there's the the nat- the two natural instincts uh and it you know kind of, like we have show who is kind and he just wants to get to know them and he thinks they're neat versus haru who's like i want to capture them and control them like these are these are these two attitudes towards nature mm-hmm. towards and you know and people towards other people but it's not like that's what's more important that is the message i am getting and again ties into literally every miyazaki like every ghibli yeah. film like this is what happens yeah. and it's great it's what i'm here for and Ariete is also a like kick butt girl. Well, she tries to be. Well, really, <laughs> I don't know if like, she actually when, does. When uh, show is like, wow, because okay, when she pulls that yeah, like she, knife boot, yeah. I was like, bro. <laughs> she like grapples up the curtain to to unlock the window. Yeah, that's a great. Yeah, scene that was her. like awesome. Like yeah. I wasn't ready like with for the knife boot. I was like, you had that the whole time. Why yeah, yeah, you yeah. What? <laughs> did she have it the whole time? I guess she did. I wasn't. Was ready. it in her bag? I don't remember oh, this. Wow. Oh, she just she clicks her boot. I'm like knife boot. It's a grappling uh, th- device, I guess. Um, but yeah, I think I think I think commentary on human nature with these different perspectives, I think, is a good call. And yeah, pr- pretty pretty light thematics compared to a lot of Miyazaki scripted oh, yeah. films. Um, but I think it you fits. Have to dig the... a little deeper, I think, with yeah. this movie versus you know some of the other ones we've covered. Yeah, other than you know, other than this conversation with show, which which uh, is like horrible, yeah, but it, pretty, it happens. Pretty blatant. Yeah, I mean, I do. Yeah, I mean, I think there's. Uh, I don't think. I don't think it's such a terrible scene. It's just uh, I think not as uh, magical as as some of the other. I mean, other Ali's right. He's smiling the whole time, and it's like, bro, what's show your does not stop smiling. That's, That's all he does. My worst part. Well, no, he like I I support him smiling, just not in that instance. Like I when think, you're talking about. Okay, here I got it. And this isn't gonna make Ali like it more, but here, okay, so. <laughs> I think they do a good job of showing how serene show is throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think, and then of course it gets explained in that he has a bad heart and he like can't be any other way or he'll die. And then that's kind of why, I mean, I was flipping out the whole last 30 minutes of the movie that this boy was about to like have a heart attack and die. And, you know, very much, I think that's why it gets so intense, you know, him running around and even Arietti's like, are, are you okay? Because he's sweating and like he's, you know, his demeanor changes a lot in like the last 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah, yeah. For Forced sereneness is really interesting. Um, like because of his condition. It's kind of how he has to be. Like he um, just has to be chill and lay in bed and read. That's his life. I also feel like his uh, smile is covering up for his general sadness, that type of thing. Well, I mean, okay. you get to the end of the movie, like, you know, well, you, there is that whole conversation and he's like, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't know if, you know, it's going to go well. And then at the end of the movie, he's like, you gave me, like, you know, I'm, I want to live. And it's like, bro, you're like 12. <laughs> um, how, how about the, the cat at the end, Nia, um, who I feel like we don't hear the name of and gets name checked several times at the end of the movie. <laughs> she does get name checked. <laughs> uh, the cat's amazing. Like, okay, so again, hadn't seen the movie. Uh, Michelle spoiled me when she was like, oh, yeah, and the grouchy cat. And then I was like, I'm looking forward to the grouchy cat. And the grouchy cat delivered. Honestly, that's, I mean, there's a cat. We all like cats. You know our takes. The cat was the best part of the movie. 
And then, well, I really did like that. I mean, it was super cliche and annoying, except, but like that Nia, granted, I thought she, okay, you're all going to laugh at me about how stupid this is, but I thought she was going to like ride Nia back to the house. So did I. No, I I thought she was going to train her. I thought one of them was going to, if anybody, I thought Spiller would. Okay. I feel better. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Nia's, you know, is like, is, uh. She attacking them before and it's the the character growth where she helps uh yeah. to get them incredible for the cat to have character growth when he was like <laughs> holding her back and i was like she's gonna eat her like i'm sorry like she's gonna I'm eat surprised, her like, yeah it's a surprise as a cat owner it, this is the most the unrealistic part of the movie i guess because it looks like a human maybe it counts but um it looks like a human all the time yeah, i'm sorry did you say likely. the cat looks like a human no. No, little people like, look like humans oh, Christ, that's okay. why she doesn't eat it as opposed to like no, bugs as a cat owner that would definitely entice her to like, cats probably want to eat us i mean they are like just little tigers yeah if we we're smaller yeah like they would, yeah but apparently not at least they formed enough of a bond Ariete and nia i mean um, when but... she touches the cat's nose i was like yes. yeah how to train a good. dragon <laughs> that's i don't know actually though and then, and then they show and Ariadne say uh, have their goodbye, and show gives her the yep. sugar cube. Ariadne gives her a hair clip, which is which uh, was I, a much more meaningful present. I just want yeah. y'all to know, like really. And then how is she going to tie her hair up again? What if she, she has to find fight? another clip? Well, uh, fine. I don't know. That was like one of those clips that you have on your earphones. Those are hard to find. <laughs> Yeah, I was. Thank you for clearing that house. up for me. I was like, "What kind of clip is that?" <laughs> I I it was, at first, I thought it was like a laundry clip, and then I was like, "It's way too small." Yeah, it gotta be a lot smaller. Yeah. Um, and then they sail away in the teapot, and it's pretty, pretty beautiful with the the music in the teapot. And, and yeah. no narration happens at oh, the yeah. end. And it's yeah. Don't watch the dub. You don't um, watch the dub. Was the cast good enough to warrant it? I know nothing about it. Yeah, we can go through the cast. We have. Uh, Will Arnett as Silent Dad. Whoa, um, okay, I'm watching this movie. Silent Amy, Amy, Dad. Amy Poehler as Mom. Okay, um, I'm watching it. <laughs> no, here's, here's, the, here's the actual... Amy Poehler in? I feel like she was in... A was lot. she in Ponyo or something? Yeah, I like think she she's was... in Ponyo. That's weird. I'm gonna look it up. Uh, no, the best one, Carol Burnett as uh, Haru. What? Really, that, that's that's, uh, okay, that's incredible this, casting. How did they get her for this? This changes yeah. things for me. <laughs> I, I, that, that's why I would watch it for Carol Burnett. As, uh, yeah, the, the British dub has uh, Saoirse Ronan as uh, Arietti, which I, I love her. I'd love to see oh, that. And, okay. and Tom Holland, I think, and Tom Allen's first ever like, role in anything. As, uh, Does he show. play show? Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Fu- oh, my God. Fu- future Oscar winner Olivia Colman as Homily. And uh, That's nuts. Mark Strong as dad. Yes. Yeah, so, so, that's both, a huge cast. What the heck? Both have, yeah, both have. You could have just kept the UK dub. I don't know why Disney yeah, needs to re- redub what everything, I'm saying. apparently. Um, yeah. I don't know why this, this is like a recent movie. I don't know really why it got two dubs, but um, okay, watch it three times, see which version's better. It'll be the Japanese, I assume. Um, <laughs> yeah. the, yes. I, I feel, honestly, I feel like watching it in English and having the English music, you know, like I feel like the strikingness of the English lyrics over the Japanese movie is lost when you watch it in, uh, it in English. Is. But also, this sub- these subtitles were really wrong a lot of the time, and I was peeved about it. I know I messaged y'all about it, and it just was not good. To be yeah, fair, you do is, this every movie. Yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> Like, this is by I mean, Ghibli's normal uh, subtitlers who are the official well, I was, subtitlers. I, can you hire me, Ghibli? I would do a much better job. I promise. You can yeah. paint. What could, I, like, what could even be wrong? The dialogue's not that like complicated. I feel. No, like. it's just yeah. they like they phrase things like at one point in Japanese. Arietti's like they won't see me, but the translation they use is "I'll be fine," and I'm like, that is not what she said. Like, why don't you just do it literally? What's the big deal? 
interesting. I can yeah, see cause... no, that's all I can see that that's frustrating with like interpretation. It's like you don't have to interpret that. <laughs> like, yeah, just, but I mean, what, what did you say? This is my thing. It's like I, I never know what's better, but I prefer personally because I like learning languages to know what they're really saying. Well, I mean, I but think I... I mean, there's definitely different. Like, obviously, when there's like you know stupid English idioms or things when they translate. Like, oh, I'm okay. thinking. Yeah backwards kind of like the uh, no, well not backwards like we watch miraculous ladybug in french and then like the english dubs are freaking terrible we do love the dub but like ooh, <laughs> but like, you love it because it's terrible that's yeah, at least true. No, it's, it's a good it's a good dub. but that the it's it, we we compare it to the french and you get different meanings of stuff yeah. but no i think it's i think that it's an interesting point of noticing the literal and not a literal interpretation of we always talk about the subtitles being so uh sacred and the way to watch the movie but a lot of times the subtitles are interpreted as well it's just uh if that's really we all just need to learn japanese and watch them in japanese yeah do it join me so yeah you know the the point being like uh if you subtitles not necessarily this pure experience even right um, yeah you know so maybe you know that this is why i try not to yell at people for watching dubs but when they do things like jennifer then i can yell (laughs) jessica (laughs) Jessica, whatever jessica (laughs) jennifer it could have been been jennifer Uh, as always miyazaki uh you know famously has said watch dubs i guess this plays into into Does maybe he really say that? You know, he, well, he wants you to experience it in your own cultural landscape, which the dub plays into. All right, yeah, that's his. That is such a Miyazaki quote. I'm like, it's really the most. It's Miyazaki. not the exact quote, but we've read the. Yeah, we've referenced this before. Point one, um, to you, good sir. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Although they, you know, they've they've been opposed to some earlier bad dubs, but I feel like they've they've been good with with all the. Well, all I mean, Disney ones. has a bajillion dollars, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, we're still in still in the Disney period of the dubs here. Um, any other, I think we've talked to all of the characters. No, no Aunt Sadako comments. Not really. Just, she's a Jennifer. sweet old lady. That's Jessica. Damn it. Jessica. Jessica, oh. Jessica, Miss Jessica showing them the dollhouse. I think is her best. Now thing. I really, I, mean, I feel like oh, they yes. changed it because Sadako is like a ring character that most Americans are aware of. Maybe that was the reason. I think it's probably just because of a Japanese name, you know, like they, but I didn't they even have, know that when you said that. I was like, what? show is way easier to pronounce and they didn't have to change it to Sean. Show is easy. Oh, Sean. Oh, it's oh, just so Sean. dumb. I'm like, look, white people can deal with it. Okay, just this is stupid. Some people say show instead of sure. You know how to say words. I can't. It, it, it is. It is weird that you have these British names like homily, I guess, with with some Japanese names that the movie puts in. Um, yeah, like are the little people supposed to be remnant of po- Pod and homily are from the books. Um, I don't know. I think that the kid, the show is named something different. Um, the, the oh he no he's just the boy in the books obviously he doesn't have a name that's better than Sean <laughs> maybe oh, maybe his man. real name is is Sean egg egg Latina clock apparently their name is clock by Arietic clock but that's not in the movie I egg hate Latina um, okay Hooms. I don't know who that is actually Hooms. I want to read the book to know about egg Latina now how do you um, spell it E G G L E T I N A. Yeah. Oh, okay. Never mind. E G G L I T N A. Are you joking? Uh, no, I'm so egg Latina. Yeah. I'm just looking Okay. Now I have to look. Article. I'm pretty sure. Okay. We're off topic. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's on topic. Allie, any final thoughts on Arietti? I would like to watch it for a third time after our conversation because, like I said, every time we talk about these movies and I go in either liking it too much or not liking it enough, I come out with a different perspective. Um, yeah, I, I still don't like that racism take, but if you replace it with prejudice, this movie is like, again, like Delaney was saying, it ties into every single Ghibli movie that you should respect nature and that women should be respected also. 
Yeah, we could have talked more about the feminism of this movie. But I, I mean, it doesn't. It's with. not. I'm not going to say it's non-existent, but it is like predominantly just, female, uh, yeah, which is nice. Yeah, yeah the, the female characters drive the action, other than I guess Show, who yeah, is, like Darius kind of like driving like, him, riding he, him. On he the... doesn't exhibit like toxic masculinity, like the dad does. I don't like. Anyway, the dad's cool, but he he irks me. We could talk about the history of silent dads in Ghibli movies. It's pretty interesting going back to also um, just in Japan, not to be that. Yeah, person. well, it's yeah, yeah, it's 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 you know commentating on that archetype yeah. of, of Japanese dads. Yeah, um, Pod pa- a much more positive example of this. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, than uh, the that's a, or the Takata earlier movie with uh, yeah the more abusive uh, silent dad. Um, the the yes, yeah, so, uh, Delaney, have any final thoughts before? um get I sidetracked just, again <laughs> no i just really like i just really loved this movie i i'm gonna rank it right under nausicaa whoa right under that's at your top that is yeah, insanely Nausicaa's high number one and then now it's, it's per- personal favorite sure yeah. i'm gonna have to like get a list of the ones you have seen now because that's so high i'm shocked very high. it yeah. beats out ponyo that's not saying a lot. <laughs> that that no, Delaney loved. Ponyo. I we, love. We're Ponyo. very high on Ponyo. Is one podcast. of the few I had seen before we started this. That's shocking. Are you sure you're gay? You like all the weird hetero movies. <laughs> <laughs> all all of these are hetero movies. No, I just like sweet little boys. Oh, that one. sounds really bad out of context. <laughs> oh, okay. okay, what I mean um, is. I like children being cute. Okay, done. We're gonna yes, we no, podcast now. Oh my god, Sasuke. Yeah, Sasuke better than Sasuke's show, great, but of... they didn't have to kiss at the end. I know it's like a Little Mermaid thing, but that movie. I have a lot of feelings great. about that movie. We we to be fair, we... she's a fish when it happens. Does that make you feel better? Oh, <laughs> it's a little peck to turn her back. You're just it's cute. Fun. She's in a bubble. Did, did, like, are you saying cute. you wanted uh, Arietti and Show to kiss? Oh, what? No. Okay, I won't lie. I thought she was going to kiss his finger because I was expecting a hetero ending. I was like, oh, thank God they didn't. Now, Allie, we haven't gotten to when Marnie was there, which is, you know, which is a very special film. That's, yeah, speaking of, that is this director's Yona Bayashi's next movie. So we'll Yeah, and see, I just learned that I was today years old when, and now I'm very angry with her. But we'll get to it eventually. We will. Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll see when Marnie's. I'm interested if we like that more. Going into it all, I think I liked Arietti more, but we'll see when we get to there. Um, different type of movie. Uh, so that's it for Arietti. I think we had some fun discussion about this movie. I really enjoyed watching it again. Next, we have another, I think, my opinion, good um more later Ghibli movie of uh, from up on Poppy Hill. Um, so mm-hmm. we will be getting into everything from that movie. Going to be some different topics, I think, to discuss on that <laughs> one. Similarly, I love the music on that movie. Also, how about that as a comparison? Yeah, it's a good thing. Two of my favorite soundtracks for sure from Studio Ghibli. Um, but find all the all of our contact info overlyanimated.com and if you want to support us our patreon is patreon.com slash overly animated thanks to all our current patrons especially our patron of the podcast steve and thanks as always to our patron executive producers ryan steve alex beatrice hugh michael needle and phonician um yep we'll be back with poppy hill next week thanks for listening guys we will see you then bye bye bye